Love and Watches is a podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team, bringing you the latest in news, gossip, controversy, and anything else that matters in the world of watches. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam, this is Ranch Racer. And Perpetual Girl. And you are listening to episode 10 of the Love and Watches podcast. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, we are a week late in getting this one out, so our last one was three weeks ago. We do apologize for that. I know I think a couple episodes ago I promised you guys we wouldn't be late anymore, and that was a promise that I, apparently I couldn't keep. <laughs> <laughs> I've been traveling a lot for business, um, so we just were not able to get this one out last week. But uh, anyway, so <clears throat> pardon me. I think actually what I'd like to do first is kick it off with the contest. If that's okay. cool with you. So sure. uh, we, as most of you know, we did our very first watch giveaway uh, a few weeks ago. And very exciting. It was it was super exciting. We had a lot, you know, thank you to everyone who commented and told us what your grail chronograph was. Uh, I think it was a fun way to do the contest. And we learned a lot. I learned a ton. There's a now there's a bunch of chronographs out there that I want that I didn't uh, know that much about or never thought about. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. And it was a lot of fun to hear everybody share how much knowledge they have. So we were honored to have people really, in, you know, give their input. Yeah, no, it, it was super cool. And we looked up every single one of those watches that you guys posted. And, and I, I, we tried to comment on every single one. I think, I think we were successful <laughs> with that. So uh, really appreciate you guys all jumping in for that one. And, and it was a lot of fun and we'll be doing, uh, definitely more of those in the future. Um, but for this first one, we wanted to congratulate, uh, I think it's Kerr, Kerr Tattoo. Kerr Tattoo uh, is the uh, this person's Instagram handle. Um, this is one of our listeners out of the UK, so big congratulations. Uh, we're going to be sending out that, that Invicta. I don't have the reference number but off the top of my head, but it's the, uh, the Daytona-esque. Uh, Invicta chronograph, quartz chronograph. So very fun watch, and uh, we hope that um, that Kerr tattoo is going to enjoy that. By the way, if you haven't checked out um, his Instagram feed, definitely go look at it. He is an incredible tattoo artist. Whether or not you're into tattoos or not, uh, just some amazing stuff. And it's kind of more. Um, it's not like your typical tattoos. Yeah, it's kind of old school. It, it really reminds me of. Um... A lot of the scrimshaw art yes, of the whaling days. Totally. That's very much what it reminds me of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. And very, it's all just black. Very, very unique style. Yeah. Yeah. He does a really neat, really good job. So if uh, if you happen to be in the UK and you're looking for a tattoo, definitely ch check him mm -hmm. out. But just just check out his feed. It's really, uh, really impressive artwork. So anyway, so that wraps our first contest. Again, thanks everyone for for jumping on board with that one and we're looking forward to the next one uh so what's our topic for today i think we're going to call it random topic topic yeah and I, you have to excuse me for coughing because we've got a lot of forest fires um no matter how much we run this hepa filter in our house we've got fires in northern california oregon or uh southern canada <clears throat> this whole excuse this me. whole summer is just it's just been like you can't even see the next yeah, hillside over so it's, it's been so um, bad so we're trying to keep our coughing to a minimum for our, our podcast but we have a sort of a smorgasbord of topics today and we've taken a bunch of show notes 
and we're going to talk about a bunch of different yeah uh, just kind of random random stuff it'll it'll be fun um i was in vegas last week for for business and that's always fun i was home i was home holding down the fort you were and managing projects around here and taking care of the the ranch um but yeah vegas even though it wasn't fun with it wasn't as fun without you and it was work related uh, it's always a great place to, to be if you're a watch lover. So, uh, I got to cruise around some of the boutiques and shops and, and, uh, I picked up a, a strap actually for you. And I took my Oris Carl Brashear chronograph in for repair because that, uh, yes, is having you... some issues with the chronograph reset. So, yep. I had ordered, um, a pink, I'm not really a pink girl, but this pink, no, you're not at all. This pink strap that I got for the Santos, the Cartier Santos mm-hmm. is a, it's sort of a raspberry color and it's really beautiful. Yeah, I'm not it's, sure it it's really your color, but I don't think so. That watch looks good with any color band on it. It's really a versatile watch. It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm not a pink kind of guy. I, I like the, uh, the black strap is cool. And the brown one looks good on you. The black one, the, the metal the bracelet. bracelet is the best. I think on that watch, it's really cool. But I think the pink, the, that pink looked pretty good on yeah, you. It you looks, tried it on it's yesterday. really nice. I love it. So yeah, I picked that up and, Chatted with our lovely sales associate, Christine. She's at, amazing. At Turneau. She's incredible. Uh, had a good time out there and tried on a bunch of watches. And uh, what else? Highlights of that. Tr- oh. Um, That's a really impressive store. I don't mean to interrupt. It is. It is. But they have, they've got, they carry everything. So you're not just going into one brand. They can show you everything. So you have, you, if you establish a relationship with a sales associate there, you have so many brands to look at at your fingertips. They, they really hook you up. Yeah, no, it's, you're not, you're not wanting for choice in that place. I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of brands. It's kind um, of, it could be a bad thing. <laughs> one brand that wasn't there, but was in the, I stayed in the Bellagio and, uh, in the, right off the lobby, there's, um, and I can't remember the name of the place. Again, it's kind of like a, it's a very small Torno type shop where it's got, they had like six or seven different brands. And then there was an Omega boutique which uh, was probably about four times the size of our little tiny Omega boutique that we have here. Our little uh, country boutique. In the area. But finally, after all these years, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I got to try on the, the gray side of the moon Speedmaster. Ah. And that thing was incredible. That's a pretty watch because it's light. Oh it's gosh. a light gray. And it's all ceramic case. First, I thought it was white. Yeah, no, it is. It's stunning. And, and then I also tried on the one... That is that has gold highlights and a darker the meteorite dial, and that one is actually I didn't think I would like it because it had the the gold highlights, but it was really, you know, I thought the gray side was the one. Then I tried that one on. I'm like, oh man, I kind of like this one. Not that I can afford either one, but but it's fun to own it for about two minutes. Yeah, I owned it. I owned it solid for a good ten minutes. I didn't take it off my wrist. It's no different it than nice. walking through Target and owning something in your basket for there fifteen you go. twenty minutes. Yeah, but also made a, a really nice sales associate there. It's kind of funny because we've talked in the past about how your experience when you go into a store, a boutique or a multi-brand uh, retail outlet, how your ex- how they react to you re- instantly kind of dictates your experience in there, right? And I went into the Omega Boutique and, you know, she, she was just, the gal that helped me was so friendly and you know, we just got right into it and she let me try the watch on and I wore it for 10, 15 minutes. We were talking about the podcast, which was always fun. Just, it was just a great, great experience. Right. And then I went into the, the multi-brand store and kind of got ignored 
for a couple minutes, three, four minutes. And then I was looking at, I think, some brightlings. And, uh, Were you dressed kind of sloppy? <laughs> sloppy? Uh, I don't know. I had jeans and a polo on. Oh, I mean, I so was... you were dressed nice. Yeah, just average, right? Mm-hmm. But but that shouldn't matter. Like a business, like business casual? Uh, that really casual? shouldn't matter. I mean, if I'm in looking, you should at least be greeted. And there were three or four associates not helping anybody. So I looked around and went to Breitling. And then this guy kind of came over and helped. And you could just tell, you can tell by the body language, by the They don't want to be bothered. That, yeah. that they're, you're, you're like wasting their time. And Well, we had the same experience with we, well, yeah, we that's what I'm saying. Watch, we talked right? about this before. So I left, and I didn't go back in that store. And they had Rolex. They actually had some, uh, some, a couple of stainless steel Rolexes in there. They did. But I was so turned off. I'm like, I, I don't want to bother. So I just left. Yeah, they had the, the Yachtmaster, the 40 millimeter. No, the 37 millimeter Yachtmaster with the rhodium dial. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It was like he didn't want to be bothered, so I just bailed. But Omega was great. Went into several other places. Torneau's always great. That was fun. So, yeah, it was a good trip. But uh, it's definitely not <clears> the same <throat> without you. So, oh, that's sweet. Uh, so, what, should we dr- uh, jump into the wrist checks? Sure. Go for it. Okay. I am wearing today my um, Technomarine UF6, the Lady UF6. And it's got a rubber uh, silicone white band and this has the rose gold accents i don't have much rose gold but when i bought this one and my sister-in-law um she and i actually bought these together oh I remember online that, yeah. we bought the men's but when we both took delivery of them they were so humongous because i think they were 41 or 42 that millimeter means, yeah. we put them on they were like hockey pucks and we're like oh these gotta go back because they and were then you found that and one. then i found this one on amazon it's a 38 millimeter and i really like it because it, it's got a beautiful mother of pearl dial and the i don't know what you would call that i don't know it, well they've got these proprietary it's like a lugs it's like a center it's like, lug it's like a triple so lug the, the side and center lugs are the iridescent color that i love and the rose gold uh pushers because it's a chronograph it's a quartz chronograph the rose gold pusher and crown and dials, it looks so good with the iridescent that I did go with the rose gold, which is unusual for me because I don't have any rose gold jewelry. I'm actually, right. today I'm wearing my only rose gold ring. Uh, it's an Effie. Is that what we got on the cruise ship? We got it on a cruise yeah. ship on our only cruise. Yeah. It's a rose gold with a ruby in it and my only rose gold bracelet, which is a little Swarovski that I bought to replace I had gotten this uh, rose gold bracelet on Amazon that I loved, and I lost it outside in the sand in the arena. Right. Um, right. So someday someone's going to find my uh, rose gold plated bracelet <laughs> in a hundred years, and be like, "Ooh, someone lost their bracelet." So that's why I don't have a lot of rose gold because I, all my other jewelry is either silver or yellow gold. Most most of it's silver, but. Um, this this lady UF six is actually a really pretty watch, and the the side is white ceramic. And that's thirty eight millimeter. Thirty eight millimeter, and it's a pretty tall watch, so it kind of looks like an automatic, but um. And it's got like a court the, the case is like corrugated. Yeah, that's white it's corrugated, ceramic. and the the dial the sub dials are sort of an irregular placement, and they're they're cut in levels, and the window um, what would you call it? it's a finished window of date window. 
Yeah, it's got a, a surround, like a yeah, stainless it's got surround. A, it's got a and rose gold a surround, window. and it's got the it's center center split window. Yeah, it's a big date. It's really neat. Yeah, it's a really pretty watch. I like it a lot, and I've swam in it before, so we've had it in the lake, and it's definitely deep water resistant. So, now did my was my sister able to pick up that same one? She did not. She couldn't find it afterwards, huh? It's on Amazon. It's uh, I think the retail was like four fifty. Okay. So it's not the cheapest quartz. And Technomarine is an Invicta brand. It is. They actually have a lot of different models of this UF6. They're actually really pretty. They have some different black, like a neutral um, monochrome one that's like black and gray with silver pushers. And um, I mean, it's unique. It's kind of it's kind of out there. It, it's but a it's, fun watch. It's, it's really it's pretty. Cool. And the buckle matches the, you know, whatever hardware you have the buckle matches it right we did try to get the leather band actually we got it and i screwed it up yeah we let's tr- be clear we, about that okay. <laughs> i did i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna out you on yeah no i completely blew it so we again they're proprietary radio. bands so there's like a there's a center lug so the end of the band is almost a v and uh we bought the white leather that's supposed to fit and just i there's I couldn't get it to fit. It was it would not fit so that the the spring bar would snap in. I'm not so sure that that really is the correct band. We it, it looks like it be. did, and I bought it anyway. But their bands are so expensive. It was like a hundred and ten dollar band. It's, it's insane. However, I did get a pen. They put a pen in there, so oh, I got well, I got a Technomarine pen. Right. Actually, I posted that pen on Instagram yesterday. So anyway, I I took a blade and kind of started modifying the end of the and then I and I got it to it fit. But now there's a gap and it doesn't look. It looks good, pretty so, bad. Yeah, so. I pretty much uh, screwed that one up. So that's my wrist check. And I do like this watch a lot. It's really, it's a great little watch. You haven't worn it for a while. It's pretty cool. I do. I wear it periodically. Yeah. All right. Uh, How about you? So I am wearing uh, a watch that is in for review. um, That I'll be writing a review for wristwatch review. I might put one up on, on the Love & Watches site. I haven't decided yet. But it's the Spinnaker Bradner. Spinnaker's been around for a few years. It's a micro brand, and this is their their latest release. And it's based on a compressor style um, dive watch. So compressor style. Yeah, explain cases. that for those of yeah, us who so don't a compressor style that. case basically is designed such that as you go deeper and the pressure increases, it it, uh, it basically increases the water resistance of the watch. Right, the 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 case compresses and seals. So it's it's cool design. Um, it's got an internal rotating bezel. So it kind of reminds me of your Dan Henry, your 1970 mm-hmm. Dan Henry. Uh, that's also a compressor style with an internal rotating bezel. It's a bi-directional bezel. Let me see it. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a cool looking watch. Um, here, let me take it off so you're not pulling my arm. <laughs> um, but uh, I've had it in for... I don't know, probably a couple weeks. It comes on a really a nice kind of vintage style thick leather strap. And because I don't wear this watch every day, it's the strap's really not loosening up or, or softening up. So I actually threw it on an Erica's original, the Erica's original strap that I have that I bought from my Omega. Mm. I did that this morning. Plus with a review watch, you don't want to really overwork a you don't want to Well, they get passed around. I mean yeah. <clears throat> but it just it's a little bit more comfortable. I know if you, if I were to wear it every day, it would break in. It's really pretty. And is all of this loomed all around the inside bezel? Uh yeah, it's it's got a pretty good show at night with the loom. Uh it's got the um 
It's got a nice display back. It's a any I believe it's a NH35. Their their site doesn't specify. It just says Japanese automatic movement, but I know the movement's pretty good. I think I believe it's an NH35. Uh, it's a 42 millimeter case, so it looks pretty big on your wrist. PG is not, trying it on right now. It's actually not too bad. It's um, not terrible. I th- it's really sporty. I think. Um, pretty thick. If I were swimming or um, you know had like some board shorts on, yeah. I think it'd be pretty cute. With a lighter band, like maybe a, a sand colored band, yeah. Erica's Originals. It's actually not bad, and it's got a pretty, it's pretty, cute. It's um, pretty. decent lug to lug, so it doesn't look like it's really hanging over the edges of your wrist. Yeah, and with the with the slim bezel, I think it. Yeah. It you know if it had a really large bezel, like a big like a baby tuna, it would probably look a lot bigger. And it's it's got um, like that vintage style really highly domed crystal, so you get mm-hmm. all that distortion around the edge, which I think is kind of cool personally. Um, so anyway, that's, I'm going to continue to wear this and, and I'll be writing up a review on it, but so far I'm, I'm pretty impressed. It's a fun watch. It looks like it has some anti-reflection coating too. Uh, it, most of these do. It's, yeah, it's probably, it's, it's nice. AR coated on the underside. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's fun. Yeah. It's a cool watch. So should we get on to our, our random topics? Yeah. I think um, the first one is yours. First random topic. It's kind of a call or a, a shout out, right? Yeah, shout out to uh, fellow watch fam gal, a girl in her watches who turned me on to, uh, she tipped me off on one of the Seiko cocktail time presage. ladies. It's a presage. Um, presage. Yeah. Cocktail time. Japanese domestic yep. release because we saw a few months ago, <clears throat> excuse me. We saw a few months ago that they were released. We saw a review on them, but the release wasn't, um, the press release didn't get to us to love and watches because it was Japanese domestic, not for us. And, um, I was very sad because this watch was not going to be sold in the U S yeah. Hopefully they'll, hopefully they will, uh, release a version for, for the U S because I mean, I, there I've, come across a lot you know when i post my presage i get a lot of women instagram folks posting that they like they it, like but it they're, so before, they're big watches before i get too far she t- she tipped me to one that was for sale here in the u.s someone got a hold of one and it's it was the red dial sunburst dial and the only one in all stainless steel because the the, the set of three uh the other two had rose gold and um although i'm wearing a rose gold uh watch today, I really don't have any rose gold jewelry. So most of my watches are stainless or yellow. So we were able to negotiate a really good deal with the seller on this watch and we purchased it for me and it's stunning. It's a cool watch. Yeah. It's so pretty and it's small. It's a 34 millimeter case and just a gorgeous dress watch, but it's, it's also a little sporty with the, with the metal bracelet. And, um, just wanted to shout out to a girl on her watches for sharing that because she was considering buying it herself, but she uh, got herself another watch. So she shared that with me and I was able to get it and just wanted to thank her and how great the watch family it is to that. We all enable each other to spend money on watches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it is, I mean, you get to know, especially on Instagram, you get to know all these different collectors, right? Cause it's usually kind of the same folks that you see, and that see your posts and, uh-huh. and there's not a lot of girls 
So it's been more and really, more. There's, there's more, more, and it's been really fun to to connect and and some of us even have similar hobbies like our pets. And um, I'm just really really touched that you know people are so nice and uh, it's a it's a really good group of people. No, it is. I it's I'm. I think I've talked about this before. I'm not a big social media guy. I really actually don't no, like. So I'm going to come right and say I. I don't like social media. It, I, it's anti-social media, but but Instagram not so much. It's it is pretty it's, social, but I think Instagram is to the point. We pick our hobby, we pick our Correct. our craft or our our business, and the Instagram feeds are focused just on that. It's very focused, and it doesn't wander off too much. Correct. And I don't want to wander off because it doesn't matter. I mean, we all have our side things that we do. And sometimes we share it with in real life, right? It's nice to just kind of focus in and have this group of friends. Yeah. And, and we do kind of wander a little, like we have like the Seiko Catter day, which is fun. And, and we love that two Brooke watch snobs started that. Oh, this is, you're going into your next topic. Am I? Oh, shall I segue? (laughs) If you'd like. (laughs) No, I, I think it's not even really a topic, but I just think it's, it's a lot of fun that we do have these little side hobbies and, you know, you and I don't have cats, but we did have a, a roommate for a little while, a friend who moved in with us for about two years, mm-hmm. who we were helping out. And uh, she had two cats. One was about 17 pounds, and he was just a big lug, and I go visit him. But Yeah, but she moved out before we started the podcast and really yeah. got into Instagram, and so we don't have... We don't have a cat here a anymore. Cat. Well, we've got the... Ceramic cat. The ceramic cat, right? We've, we've posted watches... <laughs> You know, and tagged him Seiko Catterday with the ceramic cat. But, and we have in- other indoor pets. Well, so I was just going to say yesterday you did a post. I still don't know how you did it, but um, you were able to get our youngest goose to our stand still. Our youngest rescue, yeah. While you actually got a, uh, well, a wrist shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you actually put it around <laughs> her leg and got a shot of it. And I thought that was My Seiko fun. 5. It, that was definitely a hit. You got a lot of people commenting. That was fun. That was fun. So... Uh, you know, this, this top, I'd, I'd like to touch on this one that you, that you listed and I think it's a good one and that's watch winders. Um, ah. you know, with as, as aficionados or collectors, a lot of us have, uh, automatic mechanical watches and there's, there's kind of a running debate. Should I put my, my automatics on a watch winder? So they're always running. We're definitely doing some random topics. We're totally random topics, but we really got into the watch winders for a while. Yeah. I actually even did a review of the watch of our watch winder winder of choice on wristwatch review. Accuratic is that the brand? It's it's an Accuratic, and you can find them for sixty nine bucks. It's a um, really nice looking winder. It's fine. It's nothing special. I mean, it's it's an aluminum bodied square winder, but you buy these kits and you connect them. So we ended up with this huge stack of a bunch of these winders. Uh, and we were really into it for a while. It's the great wall of winders, basically. Yeah. and But recently, we've kind of moved away from that. And it's interesting because, you know, the, the arguments for and against, I mean, for, obviously, uh, the watch is ready to go. So if you're not, I mean, okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm really anal about making sure that mine is, is hacked and accurate every time I put a watch on. So I will reset it anyway. But it's always close, right? So it's easy to just, it's easy to do a quick set unless you've got to mess with the date. Um, but some watches, the more complications you add onto watches, the more complicated they get to 
set, right? So a perfect example is the Orient Sun and Moon. That one takes a while to set. You've got a circular day and it just, you're going back and forth to try to get it set and, and get your date right. And so for me, it was nice to have that on a winder because I didn't have to deal with it. I just picked it up and, and I was mm -hmm. off. I just adjusted my time. Yeah. For, like for me, the Vostok, my scuba dude, I oh, just, yeah. I just felt like every time I set it, it was just going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just going to shut like the little crown. It's like, Oh, it's, it's just going to like spontaneously combust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's for me for a long time. That was the way I went. That's, that's what we wanted to do. But on the, on the flip side, it puts a lot of wear on the, on the movement, right? It's that movement is caught. you never stop. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You're burning your green time on your watch. And I, yeah. I don't know if any, I don't know if, how many people understand that term. That's an old airline term where you've got your, you've got your useful life be, before you have to maintain something. Correct. So let's say, <clears throat> let's say you've got this Invicta watch that you bought and, and I, and I don't want to go back to Invicta all the time, but let's say you bought, you have this watch with a, with an NH35 movement that maybe you paid a hundred dollars for. And let's That's say a pretty you, good deal for an NH35. Correct. Watch. Correct. Or, or Seiko five. Or even, or even if you spent 200 on it. Okay. So you spent yeah. $200 on a watch and you're supposed to maintain it every five years to be a good person. Right. And that's under a kind of normal wearing conditions. And you wear it all the time. Let's say you wear it three times a week. Right. And our local jeweler, and we're, we live in a little, kind of a cow town, yep. a big cow town mm -hmm. with 13,000 people in it, in the city limits. Yep. It's $150 to mean to do a full minimum. Yeah. For a full it, service. For a full service on a, um, three hand dial movement. Yep. Maybe 200 for a date. So that's going to be maybe more than what you paid for the watch. So you want to put it on a winder 24 seven and maybe have to do it in three or four years or even because you, right? you burned yeah. all that green time on your watch. So yeah. now you're going to use up all your lube on your movements and maybe wear your jewels down. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can see it. I can see the argument going either way. I mean, there are probably some that will keep on winders. I would imagine those that we wear more frequently. But yeah, I'm, we've, I guess, I guess the point is we, we've personally kind of moved away from it. Well, plus sometimes I'll go out in the safe and grab a watch that has been in there for three days and it's still on time. But was that on the winder? Or no, no. Yeah. Because it was fully wound. Cause I'd been wearing it and then I grab it and I shake it, you know, for 30 seconds and now it's wound again. And yeah. And you just set the time. So maybe that's still using a little bit of wear, but it's ticking down so I don't yeah know. i don't know i mean i don't know i i'd be interested to hear what you guys all think uh, about the winder versus no, no winder debate um definitely let us know in the comments on the uh on the podcast or on instagram when i post the podcast there uh, or on the website but i'd definitely be i'm curious to see what yeah. what everyone else thinks about the winder debate and i mean it can get crazy too i well, mean well and if you have a lot of watches it almost if you only have a few, maybe it is good to have them because you're going to be rotating between three or four watches all the time. Then you don't have right. to set them. If you have 15, 20 watches or more and you've, you've purchased them all within 10 years, you're going to have to be maintaining, you know, your budget to do a service on your watches. It's going to, it's going to get big. We're going to have to take out like an equity line on our house <laughs> to do our, our watch <laughs> services. 
It's going to be nuts. But yeah, it gets crazy with some of these super high-end, you know, I mean, these crazy safes that are super fancy and have all these winders built in. I mean, they're like mm-hmm. $50,000 safes, right? They get pretty crazy, but that's like a whole different world. Right. That's, you know. And there's really something to be said about having, I just, I just recently on Amazon bought a uh, short, um, it's like 30 bucks and it's just a little black plastic with a plexiglass top and it's a one level, um, cause I'm short in our dresser. I can't see up very high. So it's a one level 24 watch case. So I, I really like to see them. You know, you want to be, you know, look at the box and see right. them. If they're in the winders, they're kind of, they're kind of closed up and hidden a little bit, but having them on display or in a drawer with a glass top kind of a thing is it's well, kind of nice. And so I, I have two hand wind watches. I've got my Omega Speedmaster and then I've got my Vostok. You oh, right. have several vintage yeah, that are manual wind. And... and, you know, as I've kind of grown and matured in the hobby, I've really realized that I like spending a little time with the watch before I put it on my wrist. So I don't mind, you know, if, if it's a non manual winding automatic, you, you spin it a few times. If, if you can manually wind it, you give it 20 or 30 turns. And that's for me, that's kind of part of it. It's like I, I wake up and I go choose which watch I'm going to wear. And I spend a, a, you know, a few minutes winding it and setting it and, I don't know. There's so so if you don't have them on winders, you you're forced to do that same thing with your automatics. Well, and it it's it's a habit that it's like riding a bike because we're of a generation that we did wind our watches. Right. My first watch, my yeah, mine you was know, manual wind. My first couple of watches were manual wind. So. So yeah, I like we said, this is a totally random show. We're jumping all over the place, but I would really be interested to hear what y'all think on winder versus not one. Do you guys use winders? Do you use them for only some watches, all watches? Do you not use winders? And how do you display your watches? Like how do you store them? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to store them, but I know boxes are really popular with the separate pillows and things. Yeah. That's the easy way to the easiest way to do it. I think, um, speaking of randomness, did you hear that, uh, Movado bought MVMT? I think you mentioned it. Yeah. One morning when we were reading in bed. Boy, and I think it was a hundred million dollar purchase price. That's the millennial Those brand, guys are correct? Doing good. It's a millennial. It's very much a millennial fashion brand. I thought millennials only wore they're smart watches. Expensive. They're minimalist for the most part. I think they might. Is it a smartwatch? No, no. They're. I think you buy them in department stores. I think I, honestly, I don't know a lot about so it's the a brand fashion because watch? I'm not really attracted to it. But it is a fashion brand, an inexpensive fashion brand that was started by a couple dudes who are now $100 million richer after being bought up by Movado. So Movado, I guess, was looking to reach that millennial audience. So they bought MVMT. So anyway, that's just a random piece of news, but I, it just kind of popped into my head. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine? Start a watch company, and a few years later, you got $100 million bucks in your pocket. That's pretty cool. Does that I go mean, more power to him. Yeah. You know, it's not my... Not my style or or choice in terms of the type of watches I like but hey you know they're they're expand you know they're trying to progress along with the changing times and meeting the you know it used to be the baby boomers that were 
marketed to, and now they're just trying to change their market. Well, Movado is Movado was huge, like in the '90s. Like my uncle's a big yeah. Movado guy. Mm-hmm. They were big with the museum dial, which is basically just a with blank the sing- dial with a single no twelve indices, o'clock right? yeah. diamond. They were really big, and yeah, I think they've they've definitely kind of faded in them terms and of popularity. Tag, they were very yeah. popular, but uh, maybe this is the right move for them. And and honestly, if if an inexpensive, or I'll just say it, if a cheap fashion watch gets a younger someone younger into the hobby and becomes a gateway watch and they start to get into it and they move on to you know nicer watches and they really get into it i think that's awesome mm-hmm. i think it's great I, th- I feel the same way about smartwatches even though i'm not a smartwatch fan you know if if it does provide that gateway into the hobby which i still question whether it does or not because i think most people buy a smartwatch because they want an extension of their phone, not because mm-hmm. they want to wear something on their wrist that tells time. I did, however, see after the smartwatches came out, all of the accessories of the bands and the double wrap bands yep. and all the different choices of color and the jewelry involved with um, the smartwatches and the quick release. So, and guess what? That kind of segues into our next random topic. Oh, okay. Jewel- jewelry and yeah. watches. I like this one. Mainly bracelets and watches. Yeah. Um, we've been talking, we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. And that's, um, at first I thought it was kind of a female thing, but I've seen a lot of dudes. Definitely not. Dudes are wearing bracelets and watches. And yeah. it's funny because I see a lot of different styles on men. A lot of beads. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about men first, then we'll talk about girls. doesn't matter. I mean, it's... It... Women. Sorry. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> Well, you said dudes, so we're going to talk about dudes and chicks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Girls and boys. Well, and I had pretty strong feelings about this for a long time um, in terms of not wanting to wear. I mean, number one, I'm not a jewelry. You're not a jewelry guy. Guy, anyway. But a lot of people are, and we don't want to. Mind, we don't discriminate because we want to. I'm not discriminating. Exactly. I'm just saying my yeah. point of view for a long time was there's no way I'm putting, especially if I'm wearing one of my nicer pieces, I'm not going to put something up against it that could scratch it or damage it correct that really worried me that's the that's one of the topics i'm going to talk about yeah but the more i've seen on instagram and there's a few there's a few accounts one of them is the watch bravada or the watch bravta he's a dude in texas really cool guy Mm -hmm. um he posts some amazing shots of watches with a bracelet next to it and he he really does a good job at matching the bracelet style to the actual watch so it's kind of slowly changing my mind about about bracelets and watches. Are his the woven leather? No, his the the his are like the large bead style. Most of them that he wears are like the large bead style, and I don't know what brand he buys, but he does just a stellar job matching it up to what what's what's the problem here? Oh, oh she's fine. Yeah. We get we have our secretary behind us and um but anyway, he he does a really good job, and so then I think one you had did you give me that bracelet with the skulls on it? I yes, think you did. Yeah, because you bought your Mister Jones uh, last laugh tattoo with the Day of the Dead skull. Yeah, and I wore it with the bracelet, and I'm uh-huh. like, this looks really cool. Yeah, it, it looks it really neat. neat. It was really masculine, and the skulls look great. The silver skulls with the bracelet. Yep. Or with the watch. I'm sorry. And so I've actually found myself kind of. Every once in a while, I'll look for like skull bracelets. Kind of, I love for whatever reason. I like skulls. I like the artistic value of <laughs> fun. of skulls and watches and all that stuff. And and uh, so anyway, I guess what I'm saying is 
my opinion has kind of changed a little bit. I still would be nervous about wearing a metal bracelet up against like uh, my Rolex or my Omega or something like that. It depends on the situ- it, it all depends on the situation. It's it's just like anything. Everyone has their their own taste and if you're wearing something that's got maybe a precious metal in it, it can scratch. I mean, a Rolex has the higher ten uh what do you call it? Tensity or the oh, steel. the nine fourteen. They have steel. higher steel, but and the steel could actually scratch up your like. Let's say you're wearing a sterling silver or fourteen karat gold bracelet. The watch could scratch your bracelet. Well, like the the are your I wear it too, but the Cartier Santos. I wouldn't wear anything oh, next I, to you that. Breathe thing. on it. And you it breathe scratches. on it, and the bezel scratches. So I would never wear it. So it depends on the bracelet or, yeah. or the watch for well, sure. Well, I have some leather bracelets I would wear with that. Yeah, you could do I leather. I have a beautiful white I bracelet I think the leather would even scratch that bezel. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I think flannel would scratch that bezel. Seriously, I, I've never come across a bezel that scratches so easily. I mean, you can't even take a, a nice picture of it anymore. There's so many scratches and you I barely know. wear that thing. I know. It's crazy. But Literally I'm not going to stop wearing it. it. It's a gorgeous watch. No, we'll have to get it polished, I guess, at some yeah. point. Um it yeah, needs, so it needs a bra. Yeah, it I need to. I need bra. to put. There's a funny guy a on. Wrap. I saw on, on one of the watch forums. I can't remember which website, but they were talking about that and and said uh, this guy he put like all kinds of. I think it was bubble wrap or scotch tape. He wrapped it all around his watch. It was so funny. But <laughs> but back to topic. Back to back to random topic. I don't know. Random topic five. The bracelet thing. There's a lot. There's a a, a really good purse forum. I think it's called uh, purse. Yeah, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't checked that out. I yeah, it's tell a lot of ladies, but there's some guys on it too. But it's all it's all like Merces. high end, huh? Mercers they carry Mercers man purse. No, there's a lot of like um, guys who carry handbags. You know, like yeah, Merce. There's like some gay guys yeah. and stuff, and whatever. There's some really popular dudes who who frequent the forum and like Hermes bags and Louis Vuitton and things like that. So gotcha. there's some they list all the designers and high end couture bags and. Um, and there's a whole watch section. There's like Rolex and uh, Cartier, and you can go through all your brands and look. And um, you know things like the Hermes leather bracelets are really popular to wear with watches because their hardware is within the limits of the width of the watch. So even if you get your hardware close to the watch, it's not going to touch the watch. So mm, okay. if you're worried about your bracelets, I mean these are like we call them platinum problems, right? Right, that's a platinum problem. <laughs> you're, if you're worried about your hardware on your on your Hermes bracelet touching your watch, I mean, I think you got more right. things. I think you got other things to worry about. Yeah, but um, yeah, so leather bracelets are fun, and no matter, I, I've got some, I've got some fun uh, leather wrap bracelets from Saddleback Leather that are yeah. super duper affordable, and those are fun to wear with like vintage leather bands. And so, let me ask you this: Do you think, in your opinion? <clears throat> Does a bracelet sitting next to a watch add to or detract from the watch? Sometimes I feel it like depends. it detracts from Sometimes from it detracts from it. If it's a big, bulky bracelet and you've got it next to like the Submariner yeah. two-tone, I think it detracts from it because you've got this gorgeous watch. And it kind of ends and, up looking a little messy. And busy, it looks a little messy right? or a little cheap. Yeah. But I have like that one picture we took on our website with my jeans pocket. And I've got oh, the I've some... got the matching leather band, the right. simple leather that was strap. Like episode two, I think of the book. Yeah, I've got that simple leather saddleback strap, yeah. uh, strappy wrap bracelet with, with my 
vintage boulevard, I think it works really well. So it's just, you just have to kind of balance it out, I think. Yeah. You got to be, but it's also what you like, you know, maybe, maybe you love a certain bracelet and you really love a certain watch and you want to wear it. Just wear it, you know, wear what you love and love what you wear. Yeah. And really, you can't really tell anybody what, yeah. Don't don't. really care what, but to dip (laughs) on a, on a podcast say, right. Oh, I did. I'm going to have to beep that out, huh? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, we say it about watches. We say it about, you know, everything else. Mm-hmm. Don't care what other people think. If you like it, do it, right? We're, this, we're talking opinion right now. So, um, yeah, we're getting up at 40 minutes, so we're getting close. So, there's a couple other things I wanted to call. Are we good on the jewelry? Uh, not quite. Not oh, okay. quite yet. I don't want to so, cut you off. I think with that, um, I don't want to harp on gold, rose gold again, but I think... The jewelry thing is an issue because a lot of manufacturers are really gung-ho rose gold. Right. And I think it's generational. We've talked about this. in We have. And like me, I have one rose gold ring. So jewelry, jewelry is important. I mean, well, yeah, but if you like, if you have a lot of rose gold and you like it, then you're good to go. Exactly. So that it just depends on what you've got. So if you're going to wear if you're going to wear jewelry, it's it's just got to be based on... Can you not mix rose gold and yellow gold? I'm asking this because I have no clue. I, I have um, no fashion sense. There's actually a lot on the internet about that, about yeah. stacking. And there's, there, you know, there's, there's theories of how you can stack bracelets together. Mm-hmm. And some people actually mix white, yellow, and rose together. Mm, okay. you, check it out. I mean you're not a woman and you're not going to wear a bunch of jewelry, but go online and check. But there's a lot about stacking necklaces and, and all different colors, depending on what you wear that you can actually tastefully do it. So, um, for example, my fossil skeleton watch that Mm I, um, bought that has the stainless steel skeleton gears showing, um, but it's got the rose gold bezel. Right. I wear a silver bracelet with it because it picks up the inside. So it's all kind of gotcha. about design and understanding what colors match with it. With it. Well, so it's like just, we said, this is not just a, a female topic. I mean, a lot of guys out oh, there yeah. wear bracelets with their watches. Yeah. Although yeah. I have to say, <clears throat> I don't want to tell anybody to not do what they like because sometimes someone gets a really beautiful friendship bracelet that their little niece or nephew gave them or their kid and they can't take it off because... They told them they pro- they promised them they'd wear it forever. But sometimes someone will be wearing a gorgeous white gold Rolex, and they've got this really icky, frazzled, yucky, yeah, it like looks really cloth bad. cloth woven. Like I don't even know what it is, but it's, it's like, like put that, that thing on horrible. the other wrist. Just put yeah, it on, put the it other on your wrist. right it's hand and wear it wear it with some other stuff. But yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just up to the person. But I hear you. Ha- having been you. through art school, I kind of learned a little bit about color theory and. It, you know, it just kind of, you can have fun with it, but I think it's a balance. Mm-hmm. It's a balance and kind of, you can have fun with picking up the colors of the watch and making sure you're not overpowering your watch right. kind of a thing. And you're not scratching up your watch or your jewelry. And you also don't want to lose stuff because sometimes if it bumps up against it and catches it, like I did with my watch outside and I, I you know, I had the watch and the bracelet on mm-hmm. and my bracelet came undone and it fell off in the sand and I lost it. So, okay. Perfect segue into our next topic. When is it appropriate to not wear a watch? 
Absolutely. Right? Because we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yes. Yesterday um, I rode my horse. I took my watch off for the first time. Well, and so you and I are watch nuts. We wear them all the time. I sleep I, in a watch every night. We both sleep in a watch every night. Um, we both wear watches twenty, literally 24-7. And we'll change, you know, we'll change watches sometimes two or three times a day. I don't shower in a right? watch anymore. Okay, I don't shower in a watch either. I'll swim in a in a watch mm-hmm. in a dive watch, but yeah, I don't shower in a watch. That's pretty much the only time we take them off, with some exceptions. And the reason we want to talk about this is mainly around safety, right? So we 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 live on a ranch. We're doing chores all the time. I've got a shop with the car lift, and I work on my cars in there. Um, actually, I ride I ride horses. You ride horses a lot. Um, I used to work on cars with my jewelry on, like with my ring. Now I, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll leave my ring on still, but I do not ever work on cars with, with a watch anymore because not only can it damage the watch, you guys can hear our, yeah. our secretary here. Hey, big girl. Oh, thank you. I'm getting kisses she's, on the she's way. That's old. nice. Hi, sweetie. But not only can it, it damage the heck out of the watch. I mean, if you think about what working on a car engine does to your knuckles, think about what it can do to your watch. Right. But you can also get it snagged on things, mm-hmm. um, and that can lead to well, bad you stuff. Well, you could lose a finger. We had, we when I worked for an airline, we had a safety bulletin that was on the wall for many years that showed a severed finger with a ring attached to it. And yeah. there was just recently, maybe a year or two ago, a woman who went to a Little League game, and she... Um, grabbed onto the chain link fence to hop off the bleacher and hopped down and she felt her hand felt funny and her wedding ring had gotten stuck on the fence and ripped her ripped her finger off that's pretty nasty so she and like my wedding my wedding set is so tight that i have to actually put soap on it to get it off so most women they wear their rings very tight so they don't turn Right, and that just goes to show you it's really da- like I should probably remove rings before I I ride because you fall off a horse and you get your watch caught on the you know on the latigo or any kind of part of the saddle, yep. and yep. that horse bolts. Guess what? Your wrist is gonna your hand's gonna pop off. So yeah. yesterday I took my watch off for the first time. I you know because if you're if you're wearing a leather buckle, it's it's highly likely that that you know it may pop off at the at the lug, the spring bar might pop Something off. would give, but if you're wearing a bracelet... Or a NATO, it's not going to go anywhere. Even if it does give, if it takes a few milliseconds to give, in that few milliseconds, it could do some serious damage. It could damage. rip your wrist apart. So, yeah. Well, and if you look at... like I used to race cars. I don't really do much of that anymore, but I used to race. And I got in the habit of taking my, my ring off, mm-hmm. right? Before I... Okay, we're we're back. We had to take a little brief pause there, but I was talking about um, when I was racing. I got in the habit of taking my ring off before I got in the race car, and mainly that was around number one. I wear a t- titanium ring, which is almost impossible to cut. Mm-hmm. And if if you're in an accident and they have to, you know, cut your ring off or you've got swelling, whatever. Anyway, so I started getting into that habit, and so that's led me to. You know, when I'm working on vehicles specifically, I will always take my watch off. I just don't want to take any chance of having that watch get caught on something, break the watch, you know, screw up my wrist. I mean, who knows? But um, 
so anyway, we, we're interested to hear from you guys. Do you wear a watch all the time? Are there specific situations where maybe you don't wear a watch? I think for me, showering and working on cars, those are probably the two big ones. Um, pretty much every other task I do, I'm usually wearing a watch. If I'm working with tools, whether it's working on the car or not, if I'm working with drills and that, that those sorts of things, maybe I'll take it off depending on what the activity is, but... I know for you, you stopped wearing them riding. Mm-hmm. Are there other situations where you wouldn't wouldn't wear a watch? No, just just the riding, just for safety. And I used to always wear one riding just so I knew what time it was. Yeah. Like how long I was out there. Well, I've posted shots on Instagram riding and videos of riding. But when you were talking yesterday, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I changed my mind. And I was, I was thinking, oh, I should really wear a G-Shock because it's durable, but... Now it's like, oh boy, that's probably, you know, the most durable would probably be the most resistant to getting caught on something. Well, and you're, you're riding this 12,000 pound animal with the brain the size of a, 1200. or 1200. <laughs> Man, that is a big horse. Yeah, that's a 12, big, that's bigger pounds. than a, that's bigger than a draft horse. That's a six ton horse. So you're, you're riding a 1200 pound animal with a, a brain the size of a walnut that'll spook on anything, right? They freak out and and can bolt they can throw yeah, you which the one i ride is actually quite reactive He's mr spooky yeah um well and just like like picking up a goose they can get their their foot caught in your they watch do, and it happens you know? all the time and i'm sure every single one of our listeners has the same exact problem they pick up their <laughs> goose and the goose's foot gets stuck in their watch band right but anyway there's just some it was just some random thoughts around watch when safety would be a, yeah a bad time to wear a watch, you know, or a good time to take your watch off. So I thought that was an interesting thing to throw into the, the show of randomness today. Well, and probably showering cause soap and, you know, new soap. It's a lot of, a lot of stuff for women these days is oil based. Hmm. A lot of soaps are, I, I make our own soap, like my soap, and it's got a lot of oil in it and that stuff builds up. Like you get a, you know, if you wear a watch a long time and you don't clean it up, your your body oils get all over it and it gets icky. But like new soap products. Oh, you're talking about wrist cheese. Oh, that's you didn't have to say that. <laughs> Did you have to go? There? You love that term. That's do, your favorite. I term. do not. It's your favorite term. <laughs> it's wrist cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor listeners. It's like it's I'm like they're in our if, living room with if us. If you ever buy a used watch that hasn't been cleaned oh, up, you'll put it know in the what ultra, I'm talking about. Yeah. How about the the Balmatic we bought that oh, you man. had to put in the in that the ultrasonic cleaner for like a half disgusting. hour. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I'll tell you though, it was gorgeous when you pulled it out. Yeah, it was worth cleaning for sure. So yeah, no. So modern cleansers for women are oil based because it keeps your skin moister. And if you wear a watch in the shower and you use stuff like that, that's gonna build up. So I, when I was younger, like in my twenties, in that, go ahead, say it. That was a long time ago. A very long time ago. <laughs> So I always wore a, sh- a watch in the shower because I wore a watch 24-7. Like my, I used to have a Timex Indiglow or my little Casios back in the day when I was, yeah, when I I was a working I girl. I in the shower too. I always wore a watch in the shower because I always wanted to know what time it was. Am I late? Am mm. I late? Am I late? Right. Am I going to get a parking spot? So, and my watches were always really dirty. But, you know, these days products are, you know, kind of greasy. They can be harsh too. They're greasy. Yeah. But now, you know, I use down I use Dawn soap on everything in the sink. But I, I'll tell you, if your watch is looking a little haggard, a little dirty, 
and it's a water uh, water resistant watch and you're not afraid to get it wet man take that thing over to the sink just get some regular yep dawn know, soap dawn soap and scrub it up and rinse it and, and dry it off wow. either a tooth i use it either Amazing. a tooth well toothbrush can be a little harsh but i have a whole bunch of those little magic eraser you can get like 500 Mr. clean magic eraser not the brand. You can get like five hundred of them oh. for five dollars oh, yeah. on Amazon. Yeah, but the same same idea. Yeah, and those are pre- they're pretty soft, but they have a, a way of really getting the the stuff off. Um, and what are yeah. you pointing at over there? Oh, my screensaver. The that one uh, meteorite dial Omega just. Oh, up. I didn't see it. It's pretty cool. All right, do we have time for another topic? Go for it. Is it dress watches? We can talk about dress watches. That I kind of threw that one in there. I'm just That's an interesting one because it seems like dress watches don't get a whole lot of um they're not like a big deal. They're not like a thing. Vintage dress yeah. watches are a thing, but I think dress watches now um the most attention goes to like high-end sport dress watches like a Rolex right or a royal oak yeah or, like a like yeah. a royal oak or a um yeah like a, a oyster perpetual date see the, i guess the reason i i threw this in there was when we really started i mean we've always worn watches but when we started getting really in hardcore <clears throat> excuse me into the hobby a few years ago my ultimate grail was a, a longa one right that was the the watch that reintroduced Longa into the market, into the modern watch market. Bring up a picture of that one for for me. Okay. So that you're going to put on the it's, website. It's the one that you, um, I, I think you like it. It's, it's what it's ace asymmetric, right? So it's uh-huh. here. Let me, let me bring up an image so you can see. And men's dress watches are so different than women's and women's dress watches tend to be much smaller. Okay. And, so I, and I think, I think one. they, oh yeah. And that, that They're is very the, basic. the quintessential longa. And how many millimeters is that? They make them in different sizes. They make a small one for women. Um, I think this is a 40 or 42. And what's a re- the retail price on that? Uh, lots. Really? Like, like you might be able to find a used one for $20,000. See that, that seems like a lot of money for that watch to me. But just take, so let's take the money equation and I, out. Keep in mind, keep in mind people that. My husband will show me a picture of a beautiful car and I'll say, that looks like a Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah. She has no taste in cars, folks. I'm just no, going to tell you that No, that's not right true, now. but he'll say, well. <laughs> but my, I guess, Sometimes so I here, think things are overpriced. Let's get back to this. My point was, when we first got into this, my number one, like the holy grail of watches for me was the Longa. And if you look at kind of our, where we collect, right? Which is where most of our listeners collect um, in terms of the, the 80%, price range right? and the styles. I, I look at that and I'm not an executive. I'm not a millionaire. Um, I look at it, I'm like, where in the world would I wear that? What but, would I wear that But to me, with, that looks right? ordinary. But it's not ordinary. It's monochromatic. I mean, and then... And look what, at some, tell like, me like why is that? Why does that cost that much? <clears throat> is it the movement? Is it the craftsmanship in the movement inside the watch? Is that why that's all so of much? that? All of is that. The, is it handmade. fourteen karat gold? I don't. It's gold. It's white okay. gold. I don't okay. know why so many carats gold. it is. But 
it, it's that's like asking why does it but it's not even a moon phase cost what it costs right it's just i know it's the provenance of the watch there's perceived value there's precious metals it's handmade i mean there's a lot that goes into it but it, it could be a longer one it could be an orient sun and moon it could be any kind of dress watch and i'm just i'd actually like to hear from you guys do you are you into dress watches are you not into dress watches um obviously it depending on what your job is it would matter but i mean for me i can you know i, I could wear a nice seiko presage with jeans or a tuxedo that'll, that'll go with anything right so totally do i need you know <clears throat> dedicated dress watches Personally, no, I, I really don't. I, I mean, but you there can are change that the, like them. But you can change the band on those watches and make it. In most cases, you could change the band like you did with your your um, Seiko Passage that are yeah. they re-released after the cocktail time, mm-hmm. which are kind of the copies of the cocktail time. And you could wear it with jeans and a white shirt. It'd be beautiful. It'd, it'd be beautiful. And like my Bulova, the all Swarovski crystals that is like the homage to um, the Cartier all crystal that I think was like retail 275 or 300. I could wear that with jeans and a big fuzzy white sweater. Right. And that's a dress watch, but I could also wear that with my, my dress I got at Ross that you love that has the peacock feather pattern on it. Yeah. And that's a super, and that's a tiny, tiny little watch. I guess my point is there seems to be a lot of watches, whether you're talking about a, uh, Rolex Datejust or a Seiko Passage. There seems like there's a lot of watches that you can wear on multiple occasions where when you get into these like super fancy quote unquote dress watches, they're dress watches. They come with alligator bands or, you know, whatever it might Patent be. Patent leather. To me that it seems less useful. You know, it just seems less useful. They're not as versatile, you mean? Definitely not as versatile. And by the way, there's your Longa one with the moon face. They okay. have different versions. Okay. So See now, that doesn't seem dressy to me. That I think you could, I think you could wear that with jeans and a white shirt. You think? Absolutely. You could wear that with cowboy right. boots, guys. You heard it here first. Shirt. I've just been given permission to go buy a long <laughs> no. one. No. Yes. <laughs> you better start looking in the couch cushions for some money, right. on. <laughs> All right. Well, so, that, that was what I wanted to talk about with the dress watches. And then my my view on: Am I allowed to give my view? No. <laughs> Nope. So my 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 spin on dress watches for women is that although women's watches are, you know, trending towards really large, I think dress watches for women are still they can be large, yes, and women are wearing larger dress watches, which is very fashionable, but I think women can still wear small dress watches. I think it's I think they still look great. Don't I, you? I can't disagree with that. Yeah, like the Bulovas, they're the smaller dress watches because the more the more crystals and diamonds that that you put in a dress watch, <laughs> the better. Because if you're it's wearing a piece of jewelry, then well, exactly. Like yeah. imagine you're going to a party. Let's say, I mean, and the majority of us are not working in a large city. At let, let's say you're working in the government or um, some sort of Hollywood, maybe visible job. Mm-hmm. Where you're going to parties, red carpet, that kind of um, that kind of position, you're going to be going to a lot of events where you're going to be visible and wearing cocktail dresses and fancy couture, right? If you're going to be wearing really um, fancy dresses, 
then a smaller watch is going to probably be, you know, more, have more diamonds, more jewels. It's going to be smaller because it's going to be more bejeweled. I see. I, I see where you're coming from. And I think it makes a lot of sense for women, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's more watches for men that can cross over. Whereas for women, if you're going to be in a evening gown or a cocktail dress or something, you want something that fits that look. Right. So, so if you're in sense. an evening gown with spaghetti straps and it's a very tiny little, little back black dress, you don't want this big giant Seiko diver. <laughs> you don't want Orange the baby monster. tuna. Yeah, baby tuna. <laughs> You want to have like a delicate, you know, or even like a Cartier tank or it might be too big, but you could have something that has diamonds all over it and have a narrow, you know, narrow band. I don't right, know. It's right. just, it's, it's totally, no, totally I think it's different totally. for women. And, and that's not even talking about the whole automatic versus quartz thing that we talk about. I'm right. talking about just jewelry, just basically. Style. Yeah. Just dress style watch style, watch. Yeah. regardless of the movement. So Oh, that's another one I like that just came up on the screen. Oh, saver. his screensavers are just so funny. So. Uh, I There's one other topic I wanted to bring up, and then we're going to close this out. Okay, and then we're going to do something our... something that you and I uh, talk about a lot. What, you and did? Oh, well, we're going to close out with a little fortune cookie. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we're going to... Okay, that, I didn't know that. We're closing out It's the out silly random cookies. topic podcast um, today. So... How do I put this delicately? Um... I'm going to be 50 in five years. I'm going to be 50 in like five, five weeks. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just said that on air. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> so I'm going to be 50 in five years. And a watch that I have always dreamed of owning is a Rolex Daytona. So I decided I needed to get this. is It really ticks me off. But I decided... I had to get on a waiting list now if I wanted to be able to buy that watch for my 50th birthday. How crazy is that? I know. It's such a beautiful watch. Well, they're all nice watches, but I think we are... So in the last couple of years, we've seen unprecedented shortage of stainless steel Rolexes on the market. Um, You don't see any shortage of them when you're looking at photos of celebrities right they're all they're all over the place but if you're just a regular joe and you want to buy a stainless steel rolex you can't well or if you want to spend thirty thousand dollars on it i'm talking stainless steel yeah you can go in and find precious metal rolexes all day long date just but what about gray market for a stainless steel you could probably spend 20 grand on one right or 25 grand well that's the problem so i could go out and buy a brand Marked new up. secondhand Daytona for $20,000 when the retail's twelve five, right? So I just find it really interesting. And nobody seems to really understand why it's happening or the purpose behind it is Rolex trying to drive up perceived value. They already have a very, very high perceived value. Are they trying to drive it up even further so it makes it easier for them to jack up their prices? We know their product is wonderful. It's a very well-made product, but... The majority of the pricing is in perceived value. Rolex is absolutely, that's the watch that people want to buy to be seen in if they or to mark a special occasion at work or something. But there, the there are other brands that are nice though. Well, there's, there's a, and that's okay. So you're getting to my, my point. I think we're hitting an inflection point. And the reason I say this is because it used to be on Instagram if someone posted Rolex or if Rolex posted a picture of their watch. 
you got a lot of thumbs up. Oh, it's beautiful. I want it. I'm seeing more and more people saying, hey, that's great. Too bad you can't buy one. I'm, I'm going to go buy a competing watch. I've recently seen Rolex Corporation posting pictures of their stainless steel watches. Oh, they post them all the time. And I'm not sure why they're doing that because they're you can't even buy them. I know. So are they just trying to continue to drive this hype and get more people onto waiting lists? And I, I don't know, but... I don't understand what's happening and they don't like explain it. They're starting to hurt. It, it feels like Rolex is starting to hurt itself because I'm starting to see more and more people saying, you know what? Forget it. I, I've wanted one for a while, but I'm going to go buy a Vacheron or a Jager or some other competing brand because I'm sick and tired of waiting. I don't want to pay over retail. So I'm just, I, I, I'm just really curious. Why, I'm confused. Why is it happening? It's just, and I, I'm sure every single Rolex executive listens to this show. Please call us. Let us know. Uh, we'll have you on the show. We can talk about it because. Um, well, and and you and I own Rolexes. Well, we do. And we, we love have, them. We have, we each have a stainless steel Rolex. Um, but I mean, honestly, it's just, it's, it's gotten ridiculous. It's really gotten ridiculous. And I think it needs to change. I, I don't know well, how they can do that. And what I'm thinking of is, are they not worried about sales? Are they not worried about income? But I imagine they're probably making plenty off of either the, they the make royals. They watches every year. And they, they sell the them royals all, right? and Hollywood and people in Silicon Valley. So that's, I mean, they're probably not hurting. And I, I, sadly, I think they are, a lot of luxury brands are trying to control who wears their their product and that's another possibility they, they may is not that what want, they're trying they to do they may not want know. the hillbilly and <laughs> <laughs> yeah they may not want a hillbilly, hillbilly wearing Northern their watch California <laughs> wearing a Daytona right but I, I've kind of almost gotten to the point where I start thinking why am I doing it why don't I go out and buy a really nice Zenith El Primero I mean shoot Zenith the El Primero movement is what was in the original Daytona they didn't do in-house movements so I, and I just fear that a lot more people are going to start thinking that way of, you know, I've wanted a Rolex for a long time, but Rolex doesn't care about me. They don't want to provide me product. I'm going to go spend my hard-earned dollars yeah, somewhere it's, else. And it's a balance between where where do you draw a line between ethics and the product? Yeah. And again, we don't, I mean, we're just a couple dweebs with a podcast. I'm not <laughs> an industry insider. I, right. You know, obviously I was kidding when I said all the exec Rolex executives listen to our show because obviously they don't. But, you know, I, it just makes you wonder, I mean, what what are they doing and why are they doing it? They could, if they started, you know, producing more stainless steel models, they'd sell every single one. I mean, it's not like they're going to have this They could be making so much money. They could make so much money selling their watches. And maybe they're just trying to hedge against a another possible drop in the economy and not having ex a bunch of excess inventory, which is another, or they're having, or they're reason. having trouble getting steel. No, I don't think they're having trouble getting steel, but I think that it, hedging against possible future drops in the, in the market, that's not a bad business decision, but it's almost like they're over hedging that there's too much. Yeah. But I the mean, problem is in the U S the economy is booming. Well, it is, but they're a global brand. They sell everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe they can't ramp production. I, I just don't know. I, I really wish I knew what the answer was, but 
it could be a price increase too. A lot of people, and it could I think be it could be preparing for it, a price it's increase. Possible, but I really think maybe they're, they're going to start pricing their five thousand dollar watches at eight thousand. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like they've. It gotten, makes me sad though because there's a lot of people who want to buy it. It seems to be hurting the reputation of the brand. Right? People are getting turned off. People that otherwise would go out in a heartbeat and drop five thousand or six thousand dollars on a watch are saying, you know what? I don't want to wait anymore. I can go get a, a watch that's just as good for the same or less money and be totally happy. Right. And I, I don't care about pose. I don't care about having the Rolex name on my wrist. And we, we've never cared about that. We buy them because we like them. They're good products. We like the looks, but I don't know. It just, I wanted to talk about this because it frustrates both of us. And I feel that it's gone on too long. It's got, and it's gotten to the point where people are going to start bailing on the brand. I could be totally wrong, but I'm, I'm seeing it. You know, you're seeing it on Instagram. People are frustrated and they're mm-hmm. starting to comment. Hey, nice looking watch too, but there's I can't people, buy it. Yeah. There's you know? people commenting on the Rolex posts. Yeah. Yeah. Now the watch that your mother received from your dad during his tour in Vietnam. Uh, you're going to have to be more specific. The watch that your dad bought your mom. Uh, oh, the uh, Gerard Perigo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They make a beautiful chronograph that looks, oh, make, it's got yeah. the angled like a Royal Oak. Yes. And that's another one that I had been toying around for your 50th birthday. Well, and even as the, a sentimental. Yeah, the Royal Oak's getting hard to, to find too. You can't just walk in and buy a Royal Oak anymore. And that's either. because people are turning away from Rolex to buy it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's so very I think it's changing the whole industry. And I've seen that in other clothes. So there's also other industries that are like Burberry is starting to burn all their coats that they don't sell because they don't want to turn them over to stores like Ross or um, Steinmart because they don't want to have, I, I read this in the news, they don't want to have them go to quote the wrong people in their image. You know, well, they don't want to have their yeah, wrong image. I, was, I think it was, it was either LVMH or Richmond. I think it was Richmond Group. They bought back like, $200 million in inventory from dealers because they didn't want those watches dropping into the gray market. And I don't know if it's so much that they don't want them falling into the wrong hands in terms of the types Image. of people that wear them. But I think it was more of if you're, if all these watches end up in the gray market and they go for 40% below retail, then that's devaluing the image of the brand in their minds. So they don't want all these watches to land in the gray market, which has had a, a negative impact on the watch industry. So they bought them all back and I think they destroyed them. They took them all apart and yeah. So it's, you know, maybe that's what Rolex is trying to avoid. They don't want to oversaturate the market and then be, have a problem if things die off. I, I don't know, but it just seems like massive overkill. To me. Well, if you sell them and people are happy, doesn't that speak for itself? If the product's good and people are happy. Yeah. Well, like I said, there, there's, there's buy what you love and love what you it, buy. Right? There's different ways to look at it, but I just am starting to see more, a lot more negative being written up about Rolex than positive. And as a yeah, brand, it's, it's you really shouldn't want any kind of negative written up about you. Right. And, and there is a lot of neg, a lot of negative perception about Rolex these days. And if I'm Rolex, I, I don't want that. I want positive, but Rolex has always had positive perception. So. I don't know. It'd be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Everything you hear is that it's going to continue for how long for years. I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. And you talk to your dealers and Rolex doesn't give the dealers any idea either. So the dealers are in the dark and they're the ones on the front lines trying well, to sell the product. And I noticed like a year ago, an Explorer one, you could get on eBay for 2000. Now they're 5,000. 
Yeah. It's insane. They don't make that watch anymore, right? Nope. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, and it's not that I wanted to end the show on a down. No, down we're going to end but... it on the Chinese food. Oh, this is awesome. an unusable. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have fortune cookies. <laughs> you gotta love making that noise, right? <laughs> we're we're really silly today. It's very silly. Okay, we're it gonna could open. Be the Mike's hard the hard watermelon that I'm drinking. I don't know. Oh, that's not even. That's like All right, water. so you want to read yours first? Sure. I have my bifo- I have my bifocals on. Good. Okay, here's my fortune. You will always have good luck in your personal affairs. That's nice. What does that mean? It means I will always affairs? have. It what means are you talking will, about? It means I will always have good luck in my personal affairs. Gotcha. Thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs> and then there's some numbers, which I don't know what that means. Oh, that's like if you're playing the lottery. And it says, learn numbers. Chinese. Be, be fine. Um, I can't read it. It's smudged. Ching fi. Does that say ching fi? I can't tell. I don't know. Okay. It might. I don't know if that's Mandarin or... Or Cantonese. What's yours say? Should I go? Okay, mine says, your mentality is alert, practical, and analytical. That is so true. That is like me to a T. Totally. <laughs> it is. Oh, uh, that's pretty funny. Amazing. So there we and go. And what is your Chinese um, phrase that you have to learn? I don't have one. There's no Chinese phrase. It doesn't say oh, learn. Oh, it says. Learn Chinese. Okay, learn Chinese. Job, she. She. S-H-I. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, mm. don't eat Don't eat on That's air. That's a good cookie, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat on air. People don't want to hear that. <laughs> that's like pictures of food that's, that I that's don't one like, of my right? pho- That's one of my phobias is I don't like to hear people chew, but I love to hear animals chew. And you just chew. got it right in the headphone uh-huh. at that time. I'm, I'm, my skin has is crawling. PG is like, she's like cringing right now. <laughs> I think there's actually a name for that condition. <laughs> but I love to hear my horse eat. All right, guys. We <laughs> talked about a ton weird of random stuff. weird stuff today. We're going to call this the weird episode. Would love to hear your feedback on any of it. It actually dragged on for a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, like I said, I'll post on Instagram. You can you can uh, comment there or on the website. But let us know. It was kind of wild, but we talked about some fun stuff. Uh, and we will... Probably try to be a little bit more organized in two weeks' yeah. time for the next show. And so, let us know if the silliness was too much. I don't think you can ever have enough silliness. Anything that makes you smile, right? I think is so. a good thing. So, and and please rate us on iTunes. I know I ask all the time. Uh, it's the only way we're going to know how we're doing and if you guys are enjoying the show. So rate us on iTunes or whatever, wherever you listen to us. Uh, like you know, website podcast, Instagram, wherever. Just let us know. Uh, And please rate us because it helps us a lot. So I think with that, we are going to sign off. I am Ranch Racer. And I'm Perpetual Girl. And we thank you for joining us for episode 10. We will see you for episode 11. All right. See you next time. Later, everyone.